The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Citizens of the nation, welcome back to On the Rag, a podcast for and about the mana of women. Ko Alex Casey Aho, joined as always on spooky Halloween by Michelle Ecourt. Boo! <laughs> Absolute boo, and Leonie Hayden. Whoa. It's a terrifying day. It's a terrifying month. It's a terrifying year. Ah, uh, yep. But it's all good. It's good. We're here and we're together. We're together. We're making a circle. To talk about the horrors. A circle. Ooh. With our friend, <gasps> Gloria. That reminds me, Gloria's coming soon to this podcast. November 5th, everyone. Keep your feeds open. <laughs> that sounds weirdly <laughs> dirty. It. I just got a picture of a small bird being yeah. caged. <laughs> By its mama. Nuggets of wisdom yeah. from Gloria Steinem. Yeah. yeah. We're feeding you those nuggets. November 5th. <laughs> she really backed myself there. Um, coming up on this podcast, we're going to talk about some spooky Halloween stuff, including Freddy Krueger in the room, terrifying cartoons, and pancake brains. Uh-huh. Or scrambled brains. Or, or, and wouldn't you rather have a waffle? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That reminds me of Blue Waffle. I've tried to talk about Blue Waffle before. I can't remember what Blue Waffle is. No, we talked about it in the sex positivity episode, and I didn't notice it got cut out. Oh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Someone out there right now is dry retching because they know the urban legend of Blue Waffle. Tina, do you know what I'm talking about? Don't Google it. Don't Google it. It's a it's a it's a fake STD that like did the rounds at high school. Uh. Like that, that things go blue. Are you googling it? <gasps> it's just pictures of literal blue waffles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared I made it up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it does have a dictionary.com meeting, even though it says it's a fictionally, fictional sexually transmitted infection. That's believed to both turn the vagina blue and disfigure it. Oh. And what, what happens? How does, that, how does it occur? Do you get a blue vagina because you... <laughs> it's said to originate from women who get around. Oh, oh my God. You know what I mean? Uh, I know, know what I mean. mean. I know, yeah. <laughs> and or their lack of hygiene. Oh, my God. Oh, dirty. Dirty sluts. Dirty sluts. Your badge is going <laughs> to turn blue. <laughs> We're off to a roaring start. Thank you to the women's bookshop. <laughs> <laughs> and apologies to the women's bookshop. 
Thank you and sorry. Um, they are wonderful sponsors who make this podcast possible. If you're in Auckland, check them out on Ponsby Road. Go say hi. Tell them on the reg sent you. Yeah. Buy some books. I'm actually meaning to go and buy some books, actually. Well, it's Christmas shopping almost not yet. Let's not do that. But <laughs> if you did not. want to get ahead of the game, yeah. go to the women's bookshop. Yeah. You're one of those people. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not sure you can be my friend if you're that organized. <laughs> but hey, you do you. And if you're not in Auckland, you can buy online, www.womansbookshop.co.nz. We have a monthly giveaway with them. We are giving away a gorgeous new novel by a South Islander named Lawrence Fernley called Scented. And with it, get this. This is actually crazy. We're giving away a perfume as well. <gasps> oh, <laughs> gorgeous bottle things. Reading and smelling nice. called Lakeland Flora from Queenstown Natural Perfume. Perfumier. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lawrence is also going to be one of the women appearing in the la- the women's bookshop Ladies Literati, which, which Michelle, is the you've... most amazing event. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. So you you go and hear women talk about the books that they've written in the last twelve months, and uh, halfway through, everybody goes out and has high tea, and there are beautiful little cakes and asparagus rolls, like proper ones with mayonnaise and stuff. No dicking around with lemon juice. And um, yeah, it's a really lovely Controversial. Event. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Just come out swinging. Just, just dividing everybody left, right and centre. But if you want a lemon juice on your blue waffle, you go right ahead. Not up to me. Oh, dear. Um, you can buy tickets to that event. <laughs> no dicking around. 3rd of November, it's 1pm to 5.30pm at Epsom Girls Grammar School. So, and you can win that book and that beautiful perfume on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash on the rag pod. Um, we also have something else to talk about with our lovely listeners. Um, spin off you might be aware, has recently launched a members program, which is kind of, uh, if you love a spin off, yes. that's how you can let us know. Show your love. <laughs> Sign up to the spin off members. It's not a paywall, it's just basically a how do you describe it? A supporters club. It's a supporters club. You give us as much money as you want to over a certain amount. There's like certain rewards that you can get Ooh. the next month. Um, if you uh, if you commit to $80 a year, I think, or is it $8 a month, you get a spin-off book mm-hmm. and, a tote, and mm. a tote bag. The book is very good. It is very good. We've, we all... Feature in we it. We all feature. Intentionally and collectively. Yeah, our writing and also some of our yarns on this here podcast. Transcribed, yeah. which is shocking to read. But sometimes. what else is a new <laughs> well, feature the, of the Members Club? The biggest thing is that currently we have made custom badges for each of the podcasts. So if you like <gasps> us and you like our work and you want to support us or the spinoff, you can sign up through www.thespinoff.co.nz slash on the rag to sign up to members and also give a little holler that you're an on the rag fan and you will get your own on the rag badge. And Michelle, Michelle has seen it. I haven't seen it yet. So we're going to show her now. It. So we're about to do a reveal okay. live on mic okay. of this badge. Okay. There's your badge. Oh, it's perfect. It's a tampon and a pad with blood. And they're traveling the world. They're on the road, on the rag. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. I love it. It's Designed a, by Tina Tiller with the Toby Morris illustration. Yeah, it's a delightful little illustration that Toby did for us for um, the spin-off TV last year. That's uh, so cool. For... I don't, can't remember what the gist of the little cartoon was. It was like a really cute little animation. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was when I did the story about where our tampons and pads oh, end yes. up. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he where sort of illustrated a beautiful, moving, yeah. really kind of heartfelt journey. Yeah. Can I say one of the things I really love about it is that the blood isn't like bright food coloring red. <laughs> it's your actual brown yeah. blood. We had a lot of correspondence re the shade of the blood. I like back it. And forth. It's and yet they're so very cute. realistic. They're so cute. Uh, they're is, adorable. We've been talking about badges for a very long time, so if you want to get amongst... Um, it's also quite cool. We kind of want to win. Like, we are... In, it's kind of weird. I'm in competition with myself on the real pod. <laughs> real pod's absolutely creaming it at the moment. Of course. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but no. we're also up against dietary requirements and gone by lunchtime. Also great pods. Sure. Like, we're not we're not here to say, you sure. know... Sure. But, you, you know, you can be the best of the... You can be the cream of the, of the cream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can be. So that's the spinoff.co.nz slash on the rag. You would be um, so proud to wear a pad and you, a tampon on your lapel. Exactly. <laughs> if you're a feminist, um, follow that link. Yeah. <laughs> and for any new listeners, be assured that this is the type of podcast and we are the type of feminists that do not think that all women have periods. No. Yes. These two little characters just happen to have a very fond place in our heart and also ties in with our very silly podcast name, which is more to do with reclaiming, reclaiming. the language yeah. that has been used against women yes. rather than defining women by their bodily functions. So please know that. Yes. Please feel assured. And I haven't had a uterus for 16 years and I still embrace the idea that um, the way we are uh, put down is something that we can reclaim as something that we can be proud yeah. of. So, yeah. Absolutely. Should we talk about Weinstein? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, getting really good at those segues now, eh, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. This um, blew me away because, you know, people talk about how you've got to be really careful when you accuse somebody of sexual assault or rape. Uh, because it will ruin their lives. <laughs> and it really doesn't ruin your life at all. Because um, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein <laughs> I'm just nice. going to go with that, uh, turned up at the downtime. He was invited to go to the downtime bar on the Lower East Side of Manhattan to uh, a night that is dedicated to supporting young up-and-coming actors and comedians. So, And it's a small room. Mm. And there he was, described uh, by Kelly Barkman, one of the comedians on stage that night, as an elephant in the room. And he's... It, He's about as big as an elephant, but elephants are attractive. Yeah, and they're lovely. Yeah, and he's... Yeah. So you have to stand up in front of a man who's been accused by <clears throat> 82 women of rape, and uh, you're not supposed to talk about it, and when you do talk about it... And she talked about it in a really funny way. She had some great Amazing. lines. Uh, I've been raped to surprisingly by no one in this room, was one of her lines, mm. which is so hard-hitting, punching up, that I am full of awe for her. Mm. And then she started to get booed. Yeah. People and told, told her to shut It up. was like the craziest thing. So there's kind of two clips that have come out of it. One is her doing her routine, and you can hear a couple of women start to understand what's happening. And then you hear really loud men saying, shut up, and saying, boo. Yep. And I feel like that clip, along with the other woman whose name was Zoe Stuckless, so I think it was another comedian who at halftime was just screaming from, for, as she says, four feet away from Weinstein saying, nobody's going to say anything. We're all just going to stand here. I feel like those two clips are going to be like, yeah. there's it's just instant history. Like, yeah. 
so fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe, especially that one of her just screaming at him so despairingly and then getting ushered out of the building. Yeah. Yeah. So they all got like kicked out. Yeah. The women yeah, were That's the bit that that's I right. yeah. absolutely, that just makes my face crawl yeah. with anger. Yeah. yeah. Is the fact that all of the, like, that this asshole monster, his comfort was prioritized mm-hmm. over the needs of all of these women to. In the bar, talked about happening. how their co is to be inclusive of everybody and make everybody welcome. Uh, I'm sorry, but no, they invited you. Making space for a rapist <laughs> as opposed to the women who are performing in the space. What the fuck is that yeah. about? That's not about inclusion. Mm. That's about excluding yeah. a whole bunch of people from being in that space. Mm. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What did you think as a, as a comedian to see? particularly Kelly, get up there yeah. and just completely on the fly, just it, look at dead in the eyes. Mind-blowing. And and you hope that you would have the courage to do that in the same situation, and maybe you would because you're in performance mode and you do feel there's a, you know, the, the weird thing for a comedian is that you feel both incredibly um, frightened and vulnerable but also powerful because there's a spotlight and a microphone and it's your working space Mm. so you feel both of those things every time you walk out on stage so I was full of awe for her and you know tucked in my head is the hope that in the same circumstances I would be able to be as courageous as she was but then in that fantastic interview that she did afterwards about it or a piece that she wrote afterwards um, about how the the job of being courageous and speaking up is always given to the survivors Mm. yeah and it's you know the people that I'm most angry with apart from Weinstein are the men in the room telling the women to shut up and it's their job actually to speak up and and Mm. be the voice because they aren't scarred they haven't been victims and then survived it they have privilege it's their fucking job. So my real anger and um, uh, venom is reserved for the men in the room who mm. told the women to shut up. Mm. Unbelievable, eh? I'd also just like to quote from a great tweet that I, well, a sad tweet, but a, <coughs> an important tweet from The Volatile Mermaid. Louis C.K. is touring. Harvey Weinstein is going to comedy shows where men boo rape victims and Donald Trump is the president. So sad how these allegations ruin men's lives. Yeah, there you go. And a thing that Kelly said in her piece was that she spends a lot of time processing what has happened to her and what continues Mm. to happen. Mm. And she said, I wonder how many relationships, good grades, good schools, happy days, fun parties, job opportunities, and even joyful moments on stage I've missed because of rapists. Mm. And it's we, we people talk so often about the consequences for men of those kinds of allegations and you know losing a career and a reputation and and people don't talk enough about the potential of women that is lost mm. yeah quite cross now yeah <laughs> <laughs> suddenly I've got I feel like I've got an angry heart yeah. you feel that yeah heart shoulders <laughs> yeah <laughs> just had a coffee um well, so, but yeah, we can finish off by saying hurrah for Amazing. the women who stand yes. up and, and fight back and punch Just up. Unprecedented levels of bravery and courage and it shouldn't be their jobs and yet they, you know, yeah. Yeah. they still did it and 
that will never be forgotten that moment and I just fucking hope that uh Weinstein doesn't get to go to any clubs but I fear Yeah, stop inviting him to your event. Yeah, the worst. Like there's lots of people in LA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can invite somebody else. <laughs> All right. Let's lighten the mood with some cool tips of the month. What have we got to share? Okay, sorry, I don't I don't know how useful this is to anybody else, but I don't wear a lot of button-up tops because I've got um, relatively large boobs and button-up tops tend to have the buttons in <gasps> precisely the wrong place so that there's a the gaping bit. Yeah. The little gapey hole. Yeah, and it looks like the, there's not enough fabric to go around, but that's not actually true. It's just that there's nothing holding the two pieces of fabric together. So I have been experimenting quite successfully so far Ooh. with nipping to Spotlight and buying Velcro. <laughs> wow. And stitching a little, like a, I'm going to say an inch, but that's um, old money, like three centimetres, <laughs> two centimetres of Velcro into that bit between those two buttons and the gapey bit. And so, you, can, you know, you can undo it, and but then when you button your top up, you Press the Velcro. I don't know why I'm explaining how to do that. Everybody knows how Velcro works. Theatre <laughs> of the mind. But does it not? Do you not then get a little gape? A little gape with the does the Velcro stay in place? It stays in is place. What I'm trying yeah, to yeah. Oh, the Velcro is really because you know it holds men's grey vinyl shoes on their feet when <laughs> they're walking around the office of being really powerful. <laughs> so um, yeah, so so long. Uh, yeah, wow. and it works. It's I've tried it on a, a secondhand dress that I bought because it was yeah I bought it. It's gapy, but it's secondhand. It's really <laughs> I, it's worth an, an experiment. And I've tried it on that, and I've uh, and I've just tried it on another shirt that I'm now starting to wear. Wow, I'm gonna do that. I nearly threw out all my button-up shirts for that exact yeah, reason because yeah. I was just like, why? It's also like the button just needs to be halfway down yes, from where yeah. it is yes. and it would, everything would be fine. Yes. Yeah. But I it's always know. the little yeah. peephole of shame. Well, it's not shame. No, it's just you're proud of them. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's not in, the, not in the bloody workplace. Because it looks like a wee tunnel. It's like a wee, it's a caving it's like, scenario. Yeah, it's yeah. Like somebody might go blinking <laughs> in there. Yeah, yeah, it's a little mouth. Yeah. Look, look at my boobs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Velcro is my, is my hot tip. Cool. That's a wonderful tip. I love that. Do you have a cool tip? Leo? I actually do. Um, and it's about a corner of... YouTube that I accidentally found my way that. into that is my new self-care mm -hmm. it's aquarium YouTube <gasps> and there is us this whole culture and honestly a lot of these accounts have like millions of followers and it is people um a lot of it is just uh, there's no talking it's just like really soothing music while they go about their day you know trimming the the weeds in the tank and adding new fish and there's like little captions um and then there's uh so a lot of it is like no co2 pump no fert aquarium so people who are trying to create um self-sustaining ecosystems for their fish without any without adding anything and holy shit yo it is so <laughs> relaxing <laughs> Just like yeah. watching an aquarium, but then also watching like someone be busy and engaged, and like the fish have personalities. Yes, they mm. do. You know, and the the people who have the aquariums are like, oh, Robert's not happy today, as you can tell, <laughs> he's hiding behind the rock over there because I introduced this, and someone got more brine shrimp than someone else. 
Anyway, it is super delightful. That sounds and great. it is like a warm bath for your brain. Because my favourite relaxing thing is to go snorkelling. Because and, and I love fish and yeah. I think they all have personalities. And I feel like I'm in a Disney movie. And you know how yeah. you know, the birds would dress the princess. I, you know, they don't dress me, <laughs> but I, I feel like they would if I asked them to. So would it be like that for me? Is it like Maybe. hanging I mean, out with there, a fish? There probably is a whole section of YouTube that is just about just actual fish. snorkeling. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, but I'm going to try this. Yeah. This sounds great. It's just like the, the dedication to the little things, because it's all the little things that keep their little ecosystems running mm. that are really important. So they're very details-oriented, and I really like it. Love it. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a great tip. That's yeah. just for if you're like me and you fall asleep with your laptop in your face, yeah. which is yeah. what <laughs> I do. And I know it's not healthy, but... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was um recently went down another ASMR rabbit hole, and I found this, like interesting woman who does sort of like role play ASMR to the point where she had, hold on, let me find this. Um, it was sort of, she's dressed as a nun. It's sort of starting to sound quite sexual, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Just fine. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Um, it was, this is the title of the... Um, <laughs> Of the video that I was like just watching, and then I just started laughing because I was just like, "What is the world that we're living in?" It's 1300s AD ASMR. None takes care of you in bed. Brackets. You have the plague. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so specific. I mean, it's got over two million views. So it's this woman who does all these different like situations, and she's like, "Do you need anything?" <laughs> You have the plague. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Do you need some medicine for <laughs> the plague? Can I dress I your like, weeping well, sores? It just kind of creeped me out. I didn't I didn't keep watching it. I don't necessarily enjoy it. I just think it's something interesting to think about. It is about. very funny. It's not even my cool tip. I've got two. One of them's an anti-tip. One of them's a tip that I'm not advising you to, but it was a funny thing that I was told. People might know um, I had a whinge in Kōrero Wahine, the kind of spin-off on the rag uh, sub-community on Facebook because I'm having skin issues in a big way at the moment. For the past couple of years, I've been dealing with crazy hormonal acne. So I decided to sign up to a program at a, at a proper place and get facials and things. I know you're a big fan mm, of the facial. Yeah. And um, the woman was like, <laughs> in my first consult... I was sort of asking her, because what I really want to know is, like, where is this really coming from? Is this something that's just the way that my skin is? Can I be doing something mm. nutritionally? Blah, blah, blah. Do I just get facials? And she was like, I'm not supposed to tell people this. This is going to start sounding like that nun. <laughs> the plague nun. <laughs> You've got the plague. Like, I'm not supposed to tell people this, but um, I think acne is kind of caused by bottling stuff up and having too many secrets. <laughs> no. And I was like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not a doctor. No. <laughs> this was a professional. This is a professional. <gasps> proper that is lady. Very Aww. funny. And I was like, here's a million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping mega coin. And I just, at first I thought it was funny and I kind of humored her and I was like, okay, this could be a problem for me because I'm actually a journalist and I do have to keep secrets as part of my job. And she was like, okay, here's what you got to do. You got to go into your car, no, no. turn up the music really loud, and just yell all the secrets. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I was like, "Here's a million more dollars." <laughs> 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 um, 
That's not real advice. That's not That's real. I just not. thought it was quite a funny thing that happened to me. It's not as sciencey as I was hoping <laughs> it to be. She didn't tell you to um, whisper your secrets into a yeah. pink balloon and then float it up <laughs> to the universe, did she? That might come like further in the program. Yeah, I that think. might be fun. <laughs> it would make sense to sort of be like stress could be a factor, yeah, but not sure. actually like boil subject. it down to the type secrets. of stress. <laughs> Bottled up secrets. Specifically secrets. So those, whatever's happening on your skin is all the knowledge that you have to keep to yourself just because it won't come out of your mouth. It's bursting yeah. through Coming your through my pores. Wow. Exactly. Yeah, I can see cool. that. Cool. I mean, that sounds like science to me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just yeah. made me laugh. Um, and the link to that clinic will be on our Facebook page. <laughs> I have cancelled my uh, membership there. Um, I also got another actually kind of crazy thing I heard. I'm working on a story uh, – Celebrating all things vulva. So I've been talking to a lot of different people at family planning who look at a lot of them. Basically wanted to celebrate the diversity, what's normal, what's not normal. Turns out most things are normal. Um, But this woman I interviewed at family planning yesterday said something very interesting, which was that she has seen in her 15 years at family planning that waxing down there prematurely ages the vulva. Because it must... Stretch it and let it. Yeah, it kind of um, the tissue. It, it uh-huh. just kind of aggravates it and and wears it down a lot faster. Right. Because they that say that about, I'm not sure. They say that about eyebrows too. That threading and oh, I'm sorry, threading and plucking are less traumatic to the skin on your face than waxing is. I mean, I don't really know how the oldness manifests. Like, yeah, it starts just, just eating Werther's originals. <laughs> 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 on its own. Starts listening to Mike Hosking. Starts yeah. complaining about millennials eating Shout avocados. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, that was my vulva. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. She's had a hard life. She's 20 years older than I am. I just thought that was something interesting. It's kind of like pick your poison. You know? Yeah. Careless yeah. now. And, or, or, and grumpy old growler <laughs> later. Grumpy old growler. Oh my god, that's definitely our next quiz See, team name. Grumpy old growler is actually aspirational. For yeah, me. that's what I want. I want. I want. If, if anybody looks at it, I want it to just be sitting there going, "Fuck off! <laughs> Get out of here!" In my day. Said, leave me alone. This is my turn. I'm having my quiet years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, if you wax, that's your prerogative. Go for it. Just advice. Yeah, yeah. Just advice. Just a little heads up. From a professional up. that I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, speaking of tips, yeah. thank God for Ernst & Young, who great? have released a 55-page briefing for their female employees, which includes some really yeah. crazy guidelines for them to dress. Dress by, live by. Yeah. Do you want to talk us through some of the highlights, Michelle? The thing that kind of blew my mind, I suppose, was that this came out in 2018, not um, 1818, (laughs) which is is great. So uh, what women have been told is that um, they shouldn't show too much skin uh, because, how do they put it? I'm just going to find the actual phrase because it's too delightful. 
Uh, sex is distracting. It's, that's it. Sex is distracting. For men and, it, and women. Yes. Sexuality it, scrambles the mind. It particularly scrambles men's minds. Uh, women shouldn't talk face-to-face with men because they find that threatening. You should cross your legs and put yourself on a wee angle and use a very gentle voice with them because they're easily frightened. There wasn't anything <laughs> in there that said to men, harden the fuck up. And, uh, and you know, just uh, just take a good talking to. Uh, what else did they say? Uh, the most important thing women can do is signal fitness and wellness. Uh, women often speak briefly but ramble and miss the point in meetings. By comparison, a man speaks at length because he really believes in his idea. So Not because the entire world is structured so that he always thinks that his idea is a better idea than right. someone else's mm. in yep. the room. Yep. It's just he believes in it more. Yeah. Uh, don't be aggressive like men. Uh, when men are aggressive, it comes across as leadership, ambition, and uh, good analysis. Uh, but women should aim for being affectionate and cheerful and childlike, compassionate uh, and yielding. Tina's about to throw the production desk across the room. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know what your problem is. The thing that gets me most about this uh, report or manual or whatever it is is the score sheet uh-huh. where mm. it lists feminine traits and masculine traits side by side and right. people were asked to tick the ones that most closely matched them when they're at work and not at work and the top one on the feminine side is affectionate and the top one on the masculine side is acts as a leader uh-huh. oh the God. idea uh-huh. that n- being a leader is an inherently masculine trait uh-huh. As a Māori woman is fucking hilarious to me because my life is nothing but amazing Māori women in leadership positions who are better at it than all the men I know. That is insane to me that someone actually put that on a list and went, yes, masculine leadership. Yeah. Yeah. Women who just lead whole families or groups or schools or organisations. No leadership. They're just acting masculine. And I don't know why men don't get angry about lots of this stuff. Because one of the big pieces of advice, too, is that you have to work around men as though they're very fragile and sensitive and Mm. um, don't take well, don't, you know, despite their leadership qualities, they don't. uh, On the list here, apparently they're quite dominant and forceful as well. No way they're so. So you have to very Fragile. gently eggshell walk around them. Why aren't they fucked off about that? Yeah. Oh, you don't have to. I'm, I don't know why I'm doing that voice. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. I know why I'm doing that voice. Because I'm a man and you have to be careful around me. It's Kermit there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'd love to hear from anyone who works at Ernst Young in New Zealand mm. if any of this is filtered down to you here. Yeah. It'd be amazing to know if that's actually something. Because I was told a couple of years ago, another really large international professional services um, company in New Zealand, similar sort of stature to EY, but I won't um, say who it is because the person who told me this still works there. But they, uh, after there was sort of like a company-wide survey and the women in the organisation basically fed back to management that they didn't think that there was enough support for the women employees. There weren't, um, you know, there weren't enough avenues for them to either be together and talk together or feedback on stuff that um, directly affects them. 
And so the company responded by doing kind of something similar, but it was a an evening event that all the women in this organization were event, invited to. And it ended up being like a, um, a tutorial or like a workshop on how to dress better for the office. This was two years ago in Auckland. And a company oh. similar to Ernst & Young. Oh, my and God. Like, and so then, of course, there was, like, another survey went out. And the women were like, yeah, no, we're even more dissatisfied than ever <laughs> because you gave us a workshop on how to dress. Yeah. So wow. if we could, you know. Which is about making other people feel comfortable. I mean, as well as all the exactly. other things that's wrong with it. But it's about disappearing into the wallpaper or not threatening or not challenging or you know fitting with other people's preconceptions about who you are supposed to be yeah I watched the patriarchy at work at a gig that I did I uh, emceed a day-long conference which was for uh, women in administrative roles and so there were 400 people in the room 390 of whom were women and quite a lot of the speakers were men and one of them was from uh, an employer's organisation who did a keynote speech that was so tone deaf, I couldn't believe it. Um, he was talking about how uh, pay equity was uh, going to ruin New Zealand small and medium-sized businesses and that women didn't really want it. And, oh and I'm just watching this, he's looking at a sea of faces of women who are probably just above minimum wage yeah. oh and telling them that, sure, um, equal pay that we adopted in the 1970s, totally fine. Obviously, you know, if men are doing a job that a woman's doing, then they should both get paid the same. But pay equity when you're comparing, like, police and nurses, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> and it eats into profit margins. And, and I'm watching this room full of 390 women being told by a dude who has completely opposite um, needs. Uh, I don't even know the words. I'm so angry. <laughs> But he's coming from a completely different place. So, yeah. you know, he's on 250 grand a year. Yeah, They're totally. on 50 grand a year. Yeah. And he's talking to them about how they need to go back to their workplaces and remind um, their teams, because they were team leaders, that uh, that pay equity was a load of nonsense and yeah. it was going to I ruin really the New Zealand economy. probably thinks oh the living God. wage would ruin the economy as well. Yeah, yeah, I bet. And, and you watch pockets of women um, nodding in agreement with him because he's a big, strong loud man with authority and power and then you'd catch I was sitting with my face to the audience and I would catch the faces of numbers of women dotted around the room going who the fuck does he think he's talking to <laughs> yeah. wow good yeah yeah but it's yeah I'm still seeing in lots of those environments speakers being booked, men being mm. booked by men yeah. to come and talk to women and their interests are completely pole opposites. The corporate world, eh? Yeah, it's so weird. And you don't always see it. I mean, I see plenty of different environments yeah. where women are empowered. But that was me. I looked at it and went, fuck, that is the patriarchy in action. Yeah. Mm. I'd love to know more about the corporate environment in, in this country, yeah. in Auckland. So if you want to share what it's like for you, Leonie at the spinoff.co.nz or Alex yeah. at the spinoff.co.nz and reach out to us and like let us know what those environments are like in 2019. Yeah, because we've been the bullshit. Yeah, share your story. 
if it's hard to talk about at work, then tell us. Yeah. I'm also really interested in hearing from people about those sort of women in leadership things, which I find really exciting and useful and interesting. But there's so much emphasis on the lean in individual success yeah. rather than yeah. the need for systemic change. Yeah. Mm. So those stories are really interesting too. Yeah. While we're on the topic of kind of corporate uh, psychobabble, should we talk about lonely lingerie? Lingerie. (laughs) Um, I worked on a story this month, which is by no means, will be by no means news to a lot of people who are familiar with the Lonely brand, which is basically that uh, Lonely, if you're not familiar, have been around for about 10 years now, and they're very much kind of marketed themselves, whether they deny it explicitly saying this or not, as a very body positive inclusive brand they do feature a quite diverse range of kind of models wearing their lingerie it's a New Zealand brand um but recently there's been a kind of increasing number of people on their social media questioning why their size range doesn't go beyond size 16 Mm. and doesn't go larger than a G cup which in New Zealand is you know if the average woman is a size 14 it's actually um kind of as these people said kind of unacceptable (laughs) to be profiting off, you know, a movement built on the back of fat Mm. activists and not actually providing product that includes them. Uh, So they started deleting some comments and they chose to reply to some of them, this very long sort of nonsensical statement talking about duality and not defining. Yeah, I didn't understand that response at all. It was very confusing, very highfalutin. Um, And... Yeah, basically sort of refused to comment and seemed to not really be engaging in a deep way with that criticism. Mm, I mean, I'm sure that it's landed in some way, but uh, yeah, the response was a little disappointing for people. So I kind of wrote up a story about it. And in the aftermath, I've just had so so many messages from people being like, fucking hell, that that brand. Yeah. So it was just one of those things that's kind of bubbling away. And I think it's something people are becoming increasingly aware of now is the way that I mean Dove have done it since the beginning of time but brands co-opting a movement cashing in cashing in and not really walking the walk um the main thing from my point of view I I do I have taken from Lonely over the years like a really great message Mm. about what women's bodies look like when they're not a size eight in lingerie and what they look like after childbirth. And I think their photography is like stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has genuinely made me rethink like how I might look as a not size eight person in lingerie, mm-hmm. um, which I love. And I'm probably about the largest size that they go up to. Although anecdotally, the my actual bra size, I have not to this day been able to find a lonely bride that I like in stock in my mm. in my size. I, I look quite a lot. And then the style I want is is always listed as is no longer available. But however, I mm. I have met women who've worked there who I really admire and I really love their photography simply for the fact that it's full of older women and tiger stripes and bigger women. The thing that distresses me the most is their reaction, is their mm. response to yeah. People just asking questions, mm. like own it, you know, yeah. like the nonsensical reply about duality and and whatnot. It was, it was even worse than like a 
a non-apology or something like that because it was mm. completely indecipherable, which yeah. seemed very intentional. Mm-hmm. Like they, I've got to practice weird response to confuse you and make you maybe yeah. feel worse. Yeah, which yeah. is not the conversation that they should be having. Yeah, it should she should have been engagement. So I was really disappointed because they could have said, "Look, we have tried producing larger sizes, and they don't sell." in quantities that makes manufacturing them viable for us as a small New Zealand-based business. And I'd understand that. Stop suggesting that you can dress women of um, normal New Zealand sizes then. But but also just be up front and say, yeah, what is it – we can't scale it or whatever it is businesses say in New Zealand because the market's tiny. But, yeah, tell us the truth. Don't don't hide behind. There was yeah some really woo woo language going on. Yeah, it's bizarre. It was also interesting. I did <clears throat> get some kind of comments of people being like, "Well done on taking down a small New Zealand business." Yeah. <laughs> it was like from extremely thin, beautiful, yeah, white woman. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and um. I mean, Kylie Jenner wears lonely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the entire cast of girls me. wear lonely yeah. lingerie. Lots of really famous yeah. people in the state. It's like, yeah. It's, I, I don't think they're in trouble. I don't, I don't think it's going to impact hmm. their business, except for maybe in the sense that they might engage a little bit better with people that want to actually ask questions. Mm. Yeah. Because it's an independent New Zealand business, mm. you know? It's like maybe... New Zealand women feel like that's the kind of business that they can have like a frank conversation yeah. with yeah, um, and not just some big nameless, faceless American clothing brand, which is yeah. what I thought the point was. Yeah. And it, I, yeah. I and mean, it goes all the way back to that idea that women who um, are over size 14 don't want to look good in underwear. I remember the very first time I went to a Victoria's Secret in America, I was so excited, mm. and we, I went in and and there's you know floors and floors of beautiful lingerie, and I love lingerie. And I got measured, and she said, "I'm sorry, we don't have anything." Oh my god, that fit you. And That's I, terrible. And You're I went, tiny. I went um, like not on this floor or <laughs> on all four floors. Mm, and yuck. she went, "No, we don't. We don't cater for. A, we don't do e cups. We go up to a C or a D." Mm. So I, yeah. Hello there, Simon Pound here from another spin-off podcast with a little bit of cross-promo for you. If you might be into the stories of Aotearoa's most interesting entrepreneurs and innovators, you might like to check out Business is Boring, the podcast I host that reckons it's anything but. Recent episodes have included great guests like Tim Brown from Allbirds, Kitty Nathan from her own label, and Brianne West with the amazing story of Ethie. If that sounds like a bit of you, it's available through the spin-off or wherever you find your favourite podcasts. Yeah, so the, and so there's just, and I remember walking around the rest of the day going, you can't go to Victoria's Secret, you can't go to Victoria's Secret, <laughs> yeah. you can't yeah. go to Victoria's Secret. So, yeah. They, yeah. There's a whole market of normal-sized women. Yeah, that aren't currently being yeah. catered to. Who want to, that was I interviewed um, an amazing woman, Joanne McLeod, who started her own 
plus size label out of Wellington. Um, you may know her as the spokes vagina on Twitter. She's a bit of a legend. Yes. Um, <laughs> and she was just like, I started my own because I got sick of people not wanting to take my money. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, 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 that's it, yeah. So even like, yeah, from like a commercial point of view, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know how business works, but <laughs> it's, I have the impression that there were a lot of people yeah. who were like, I would buy it. Yeah. it I've had a similar problem recently with Togs. Mm. And yeah, I'm an E as well, like a 14E. And like just every single bikini in on the planet, I swear, just doesn't have that size. And I can only assume because it's incredibly popular. That mm. must be the reason. Yeah. Like if you list it as a size and it's not there. It's gone. And every bikini brand possibly available to me in the city of Auckland. Yeah. Then that might give you a clue that that's actually like a super popular size. Yeah, and so make some more. Make some more. Totally. Open a business that just makes that size. Yeah. Just that one size. I just ended up buying like these cheap things off ASOS that was basically like a crop top with no support in it whatsoever. Because yeah. I was like, mm. I, I, I looked at, I reckon, a thousand bikinis. That's how long I was looking that's for. Crazy. Have you looked? The fold? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Love these styles. My size. Gone in every single style. So I go to a, I'm not going to say the name of the store because that's advertising, but there's a store in Takapuna that I go to that sells togs, bikinis, everything. Um, And she seems to specialize in people of normal size. And yeah, so I don't buy them online. I always go and try them on yeah. in there and she brings me things and says, this will work for you. This has got a bigger cup. This is an E cup in a tog. So maybe there's those kind of specialty stores. I've been to all of them. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. She's done everything. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Including that one and the one in Newmarket. Don't get me wrong. It's like, it's also stuff that I want to wear. Mm, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're like, yeah. oh yes, we have that size and this zebra stripe, and this one with 15 frills on it. Right. You know? And gotcha. I'm like, oh, because they're the ones no one wants. Right. <laughs> what I'd love is to be actually able to choose something I like yeah, and yeah. have it be in my size. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's the problem. Yeah. It's yeah. all gone on the planet. If anyone out there's got a 14 oh a bikini top, no frills? No frills, no zebra, no zebra stripes. stripes. <laughs> I don't know what you've got against zebras. I think they're lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know how to pronounce this cartoonist's name in this next Lunig. story. Lunig. 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 He's a really well-known, and I used to adore him. Um, mm. Like he, is the, he has been doing the cartoons for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival since I think the festival opened 4,000 years ago. And he was <laughs> shipping them out of stone <laughs> yeah. with his wee chisel. <laughs> from a saber-toothed tiger. Um, but it turns out, I've worked out a couple of years ago, he's anti-vax and he's quite um, anti-women very often. Um, he's one of those middle-aged baby boomer men who thinks that the, that women have, oh, they've just, they've gone bad with their phones and their, and their modern lifestyles. And he did a really yucky cartoon of um, with a poem, which is kind of what he does, of a... Of a woman. Do you want to read it? Have you got it? Yeah, you got yeah, it I've got it up. It's it's a it's a woman kind of hunched over her phone, pushing a pram, leaving behind her a sad looking baby lying on the pavement, and it says, "Mummy was busy on Instagram when a beautiful bubby fell out of the pram and lay on the path unseen and alone, wishing that he was loved like a foal." Oh my god! So judgy, right? But the nice part about this story is that a Perth um, parent, Paula Cooker. 
posted uh, her version of the cartoon on her Instagram account, which mm. was a picture of this is what I did today. And it's the, the, the same style as Luna in a sense of a woman doing, a parent doing all these, everything, school runs, cooking, shopping, blah, blah, blah. So this is what I did today. And then the next frame is this is what you saw was me on my phone while pushing a frame. Why does the yeah. Luna cartoon actually based on like has there actually been a spate <laughs> yeah. of babies yes, falling a out lot of, of babies that's it's happening in australia it'll, it'll be here soon <laughs> <laughs> you know how it takes a minute to get across the ditch yeah, yeah. The, is the falling out of the pram challenge yeah this... <laughs> that's, that's the one Film it, it. put it on your story yeah. <laughs> and that is a it's an obvious uh side effect of uh being on instagram is that your baby will fall out of a pram that's yeah. Yeah. just it's science again mm, it's science, about, like yeah. um, and it only happens to women though yeah it's, no it's I mean, just it a woman doesn't thing. happen to yeah. men no because the thing is most of the time a baby in a, is in a pram it's facing forward with like a hood over it so, you know, the person pushing the pram isn't staring the baby in the face the whole time, oh, making sure it's late. still in the pram because <laughs> yeah. it's strapped in. Yeah. That's what the straps are for. Yeah. So mm. looking at your phone, does it make the straps stop working? No. That's yeah. my point. No, that's right. And no. also, so let's say the baby <laughs> rolled out of either of the sides. Yeah. The mum would see it. <laughs> Well, she'd hear she'd it. She'd have to walk past it. Oh, she would have walked past it. Because she'll be, she probably would have noticed the baby, yeah. Would have made Unless a sound. Unless he fell through the back, or she, <laughs> or she, of course. Or, you know, could be anything. Spot fell Spots. through the back of the pram. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a... Uh, and there was somebody else, I'm just scrolling, trying to find it. Somebody else did a cute little poem um, with the same... Cartoon. Dad's inside drawing again. All that time with his pen. Being judgy is hard work. Why is Dad such a jerk? <laughs> oh my god. Love that. Wishing he was loved like a phone is just yeah. such a ridiculously passive aggressive I know stupid yeah. line. It's so stupid. I wish I was loved as much as a phone. <laughs> and for so many women. Parenting is, any parent, for so many parents, it's isolating, it's lonely. I mean, kids, terrible conversations. They don't, they don't say anything interesting. And so it's really lovely to feel connected with other people who are going through the same things as you. It's really lovely to know what's going on in the world. It's really nice not to feel isolated. And we yeah. get a whole lot of that through our phones. Yeah. I always like to think back to my grandmother, my, my dad's mother, used to tell my mother that um, my brother and I spent far too much in, time inside reading books <laughs> and it would rot <laughs> our brains. <laughs> and I'm not sure that the phone is all that different. Yeah. Lonig, you're cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> haven't done a good cancellation in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Feels good. Feels good to be back on the horse. Mansplay moment. This one is a bloody corker. Tina, are you ready to throw your desk again? <laughs> um, this happened to a neuroscientist, <laughs> an associate professor of clinical pain neuroscience at the University of Southern Australia, uh, tweeted this encounter that she had at the Australian Physiotherapy Association Conference. And she just tweeted this. Her name is Professor Tasha Stanton. Friends at conferences. Please do not assume that the people that you talk to do not know anything. I just got told that I should read what Stanton et al. found about pain. I am Stanton. 
Oh my goodness. You should it's really delicious. read it. You should really read it. Really yeah, I think you'd learn a lot from that. <laughs> Stop yeah. looking at your phone. Good on <laughs> And she told a nice story about it. She said that once she'd said to the dude that, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really need to read that paper because I fucking wrote it. He was really shocked and there was an awkward, <laughs> awkward silence and he had a little crack at backpedaling. I would love to hear what that's sounded like oh not that Stanton um no it's the other one <laughs> and then they both had a laugh and he said that and she told him that it was you know, wonderful that he was recommending her paper to other people but maybe in future he shouldn't assume that the woman he was talking to didn't know stuff mm. and then there's been a fantastic um mansplaining chart that somebody was it Kim Goodwin put together uh, um, about to, to how to know if you're mansplaining. Like you know, step number one: Did she ask you to explain it? Um, yes, mm, that's probably not mansplaining. But if it's no, then there are some other steps to check. But you're probably mansplaining. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you assuming that she knows less than you do? Is yeah. the point? Yeah. Great question to ask of yourself. <laughs> If you need to whip out a flow chart. <laughs> oh dear. Delightful. And less delightful things. There was a it was a really gnarly end to the latest season of Married at First Sight. We've talked a little bit about this uh, on the real pod. I finished up a couple of weeks ago, but the last two episodes I mean I was sort of keeping track of it as someone who watches all of that all of that bloody rubbish. <laughs> Hate that reality TV shit on the spin-off. When did they start doing this shit? Um, as people like to say in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> and I had just the quietly... The year 1901. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had been t- just quietly making note of all these little moments that were just that real insipid kind of gross sexism slash just toxic masculinity because I just had a vibe. I mean, the vibe might have been based on the fact that the series essentially launched with the news that they had cast a um, oh, yeah. a domestic abuser yeah. and had to edit him out of the show, cast a bit of a long shadow mm-hmm. um, over, over any production. But it's interesting because Tina and I went to the wedding of Jimmy and Carmen, uh, Jimmy being one of the guys who proved himself to be not so nice in those last two episodes after he called a woman a slut six times in one sentence. Well, you're just taking it out of context. It's editing. (laughs) It's just editing. (laughs) The editing that actually was applied was they actually took out one slut (laughs) and then they replayed it and there was six sluts, not five. Wow. Because he slurred on one of them. (laughs) Oh so they were just really crisping it up for him, make sure it really uh, just sounded sounded great. But the crazy thing is, like, I had a vibe on him. Like, you know, I was sort of, we were both kind of like, oh, you know, when you just have the spidey sense, yeah, but you yeah, feel yeah. like you're mm-hmm. being insane or being like a angry feminist or a misandrist who just hates all men. But I was like, there's something about this laddish guy and his laddish mates in Christchurch and the way. He talked about his wife as like a tidy wee unit and all yeah. these little, just I, these oh, little bits. I would of a vision of a beer fridge whenever anybody says <laughs> tidy wee unit. And like a Jim Beam armchair. <laughs> like, or like an inflatable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> that flannel toey bucket hat. It's a really good point that when you get that spidey sense that I, it's almost always right. Well, it's always right. I always think it's right. Mm. <laughs> and years later, you know, it, it always sounds like you're doing 2020 perfect vision retrospective stuff. But when you finally hear that somebody has done something horrific that, and somebody that you have known for years, you go, 
there was something off. We've got really good instincts that we are taught to ignore yeah. or cover over with good manners yeah. and politeness. Or they only count if you can back them with evidence in a yeah. court of law. Yeah, Where's yeah. your fucking data? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need data on that intuition, please, ma'am. <laughs> Oh my god, so good. But there were, I mean, look, it wasn't just Jimmy, and there was just so many things on that show this season. I don't know if, I don't know if it's just this season or if I've just noticed it happening. But I feel like that season in particular was just really terrible for it. The kind of older gentleman Christopher would talk about, you know, he'd talk about his his well now ex wife Rosie sort of being like, you know, my ex partners have been lawyers, they've been they've a meteorologist. Rosie's an eyelash technician. And you're just like, can you just stop being fucking gross and mean to yeah, women? Like, yeah. so? I mean, what did he do for a job? What, he was he... A, oh, he was a creative director. Oh, so he just <laughs> wanked around and got other people to do stuff. That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just a really ugly season. I think it's no surprise that it looks like it's not coming back Is ever it, again. Was it useful in the sense that it threw a spotlight on what the world is actually like I wonder about this because that's kind of the way that I operate slash justify my ongoing coverage of reality tv but then I was talking to my partner Joe about it who was kind of interesting from a male perspective he watched it along with me as soon as he saw Jimmy he was like triggered taken back to Christchurch boys kind of like high school and those guys those sorts of lads um and he was like I think people would watch this and go, Jimmy's all good. That yeah. kind of behavior's fine. And maybe it, maybe we all, you know, that's the whole bubble thing. I worry about it. I thought the Australian season of maths uh, earlier this year was, I thought it was like incredible in the way that it showed what gaslighting was and addressed it in a really, in a really kind of full on way with that guy, Mike, if you remember, if you watched it, the bald guy, but then out of it, he gets a radio show. He gets a podcast. Yeah. He has a following of Aussie blokes being like, that Heidi bitch was crazy. Of course you're in the right. So I really just, I don't know. My generous reading on it is that I think it is useful. I mean, it's a horrible thing to watch and it's obviously horrible for the people who have to be called that. But I do think that there's got to be some woman out there who watch that at home and go, oh, that's that's what happens to me. Right. Or that's what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah, that looks familiar to me. It looks wrong. Therefore, what's happening to me is wrong. I just think that's got to happen. But it's whether that the benefits of that, you know, outweigh yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. toll that it takes, the sure. trauma that it puts people through, the triggering. Yeah. It's a stupid premise. Yeah, I hate it. It's a stupid not, premise. Not the premise of... People haven't met before marrying because I do understand as a cultural practice, mm. it's very successful. I just mean the way that they're chosen, which is for TV, not yeah. because they're yeah. suitable yeah, yeah, for yeah, each other. Yeah. yeah, And then they just choose these people who are like quite bad or attention seeking or. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then, then, yeah. And then it doesn't work out for pretty much all of them. Yeah. As anyone could have predicted from episode yeah. one. <laughs> Yeah, and then now, yeah, you get these like really toxic personalities getting the limelight yeah. mm. when they don't deserve it. Yeah, mm. done literally nothing to earn the prime time slot that they're in whatsoever, except for just be kind of a despicable human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. There can't be any 
greater value in that for us as a species, can there? Yeah. <laughs> I worry that you're I'm gonna, right. I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. if they keep making it, then I need you to keep talking about it because <laughs> yeah. you're the only voice of reason in the crazy, crazy world. Thank you. And I want you to watch it so I don't have to. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Kind of public service, I guess. Yeah. I'll bake you things. <laughs> but yeah, the other disappointing thing that I did think was also kind of interesting that I did see a lot of reaction to was Jimmy's partner, Carmen, essentially dismissing when it was brought up the next day that Vicky, the woman who he called a slut six times, said, are we going to talk about that comment? It also kind of fell on her to bring it up, which I thought was a real failure of the of the show and yeah. the experts to not address that head on. Um, cannot understand why they didn't do that. Uh, and... Carmen just sort of said, oh, that's kind of Jimmy's thing. I don't think that's relevant. Which is just, mm. uh, just seems a little bit of a cop-out, a little bit dismissive, and not particularly sisterly in any kind of not way. Not sisterly at all, and not, um, not helping us to evolve as a species. Mm. Mm. Not calling it, challenging it. Yeah. Don't, don't call people sluts, everyone. Don't call people sluts. Unless we it's don't like it. with love and fun. Well, yes. Unless you're talking about blue waffles. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some really great slut shoes. <laughs> Shall we talk about uh, better things to watch than, say, the finale of Married at First Sight? Have we been watching anything interesting or cool this month? So I'm going to mention two things, and the first one is one for you not to watch. It's a bit like you watched Married at First Sight for me, for us, for all of us. <laughs> Thank you. you know, it's special. It's very good. We'll buy you things. Um, so I watched uh, a terrible movie that I don't want anybody else to watch. Uh, it's called, It's a um, Latino movie. It's been dubbed into English. It's on Netflix. It's called Ready to Mingle. It's also called Bachelorettes. And it's a movie about how to find a husband. Um, so, And I watched it as a social experiment one evening when I was in a hotel um, off doing some work and I just, yeah, I, I was really curious because it's about women who can't find partners and I thought this is going to be probably different from an incel movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like sure. women who can't find partners, what do they do? Do they buy an Uzi yeah. and go and kill men because they hate them for not wanting mm. to be with them or what do women do? And what they do is they go to a course and get makeovers and um, taught to present themselves as... Um, is it a documentary? No, it's just a it's just a fun movie. Oh, okay. but, I was, but I was just curious to know if you know what how different this was from how men respond to um, involuntary celibacy, right? Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and it's the eventual message of the movie is that you should be yourself and you can't repackage yourself to be attractive to men and get them and but there's a it's pretty awful and it starts so far behind the feminist eight ball that it's probably not well it's not worth watching but I just <laughs> found it really interesting that the women's version of nobody wants to be with you is what shall I change about yeah. myself yeah yeah and yeah there would never be the male version of that movie it yeah. would the male version of that movie would be a um, a very dark drama that involved guns and car chases and bloodshed. So, um, so don't watch it. But do watch the laundromat. Um, you're very welcome. Um, the laundromat, which is about the oh, yeah. um, um, papers, the Panama Papers, and Meryl Streep is well, as I've written in my notes, Meryl fucking Streep was just <laughs> amazing in this movie, and it's beautifully done. And you should grab it while you can because it's about. 
um, it's about the Panama Papers and um, powerful, rich men controlling the world and what smaller people have done to try to fight back. And it may not be it, they're being sued by. It's about the two lawyers. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot. It may not stay on screen for very long. So watch. Oh it. really? Yeah. Ooh, they're, they're still trying to get it because they the two lawyers tried to serve an injunction on Netflix to stop them screening it, and before <gasps> they could file the injunction. Um, Netflix released it the night before it midnight to get oh it up there. That's a movie on its own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I actually I watched um, Meryl Streep in The Post the other night. Oh, she's great. Similar ballpark. Yeah. yeah. And she was phenomenal. There is an extraordinary scene at the end of um, The Laundromat where she morphs from one character to another character to herself. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it, but it's a, a fucking masterclass in acting. Like Smeagol. Yeah, very much like Smeagol. <laughs> it's almost exactly uh. that. I think that's what they based it on. <laughs> She's no Andy Circus, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy Circus doesn't shower. I read that. Oh. oh. He just doesn't shower. Oh. Makes you rethink everything, doesn't it? Mm. Does he oh. live in a cave as well? Probably. Docker. Yeah. <laughs> Lives in a cave going, my pressure. <laughs> what have you been watching, Leonie? Um, I watched over the long weekend. What weekend? No, last weekend. Um, all of the new season of Big Mouth, which I've talked about on here before, but I just adore it so much. It's the animated series um, made by Nick Kroll and his childhood best friend, whose name I can't remember, um, it's essentially about um, a group of like middle schoolers, um, but it's like incredibly gnarly look at um, puberty. It's really funny and really gross. And like, I do think like teens could get a lot out of it, but it, I definitely think it's for adults yeah. that have been through it all. But the best thing about this season is there's like a couple of episodes that really zone in on the experience of puberty for girls. Um, there's one really great episode called um, Girls Get Angry. Two girls are angry too, um, and that's where one of the very sort of shy, retiring, smart girls kind of finds her voice, and it's like really spectacular. Um, and then another really great episode about um, called "How to Have an Orgasm," where one of the young girls uh, is trying to figure out how to masturbate, and she gets sort of <laughs> like stuck in like a a game show with the personification <laughs> of her vulva. And her hormone monster, which is a feature of the show, once the kids reach puberty, they have this like foul-mouthed monster that follows them around everywhere, telling them to do all the things that your hormones tell you to do when you're freshly minted (laughs) as a pubescent adult. Um, And it's just so fucking funny. But yeah, even though it's it's sort of written by men, it's also co-written by um, the woman who plays the main girl character. And it really drills into the experience for girls as much as it does for boys, even though the two boy characters are also really great, funny, stupid, furious masturbators. It's filthy and wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I recommend it to everyone. Sounds great. So good. So good. The pillow? They're going, oh. <laughs> Don't even talk about oh. the pillow. <laughs> um, I watch Jenny Slate's comedy special, which is also on Netflix. It's on Jesus. my list. Yes, it my sounds list great. Too. It's so good. It's Yay. so joyous. She has such a hectic energy. <laughs> like, she's just so excited to be there. She just seems like a one. I just really want to be her friend. 
I, I really want to be a friend. And I know that it's not cool to talk about women in relation to men, but I think it's fucking awesome that she dated Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll get cancelled for it, but it's just... just he so was very cool. lucky too. He was yeah, so he was lucky. He really lucky and he was so nice about it after yeah. they broke up. Yeah. And she, yeah, she talks about, she talks about dirty stuff. She talks about masturbation. She talks about costs a lot. Mm. Um, she does a lot of faces. <laughs> it's just a really wonderful one hour escape. Nice. I was laughing like a drain <laughs> on my own, which is not, I actually not. <laughs> I do do that quite a lot, <laughs> but I highly recommend. She's also got a big role in Big Mouth, eh? Is she yes. the girl? Yeah, she she's the... Missy. The... Oh my God. The very cute, shy one who gets very angry. Love her too. Bits. What about books? What have we read? I have actually nothing. Isn't that terrible? I read another Susie Boyd. So I talked about Susie Boyd last month, yeah. uh, Love and Fame, which is her novel. And now I am almost finished uh, My Judy Garland Life, which is nonfiction. Mm. And it's part biography of Judy Garland, part memoir of Susie Boyd's life. And kind of, well, I don't want to say self-help book, but it's, sort of, it's a reflective, uh, she... She's thinking shit through and often um, stories about Judy Garland will ping off stories about her life and vice versa. And one of the lovely things about it is that she's such a massive Judy Garland fan. She will talk about a particular performance of a song in a particular place. And I've been reading the book with my phone beside me and going to Spotify and listening to the song that she's talking oh, about cool. in that particular recording as I'm reading the book. And it's just joyful and wonderful. I'm reading because I'm not a massive Judy Garland fan. I remember she died in 68 or 69 when I was um, seven or eight. And the the word around was, wow, she was a terrible drug addict. And oh, you can't mourn that death too much. Do you know what I mean? That kind of mm. middle class. Mm. Um, yeah. um, so she was never held up as a massive shining light despite the fact that I love The Wizard of Oz. Anyway, I'm getting a whole new appreciation of Judy Garland, and it's a cool. beautiful book. It's so beautifully written, that weaving of personal memoir with biography with here are some thoughts about how we all operate in the world. With yeah. a soundtrack. Yeah, with a yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, it's really fun. Okay. Um, my read club this month, I have um, a very good article to recommend that really made me stop and think about my how much I consume um beauty content on YouTube. It's called Body Positivity is Lost on YouTube um, and the author's name is Virginia Soul Smith. It was on um, Elemental, which is a sort of new online wellness magazine that's part of medium.com, which also is like a great sort of free open platform for a lot of cool writers. Um, and the article sort of looks at how YouTubers, uh, beauty influencer YouTubers have sort of co-opted body positivity language to describe plastic surgery and to justify it. So like um, overcoming the stigma around plastic surgery by bravely saying I need plastic surgery, but mm. sort of once condensed into this beauty YouTube culture, um, she says something like uh, there are 12 million videos titled I got a boob job on YouTube wow. and somewhere around 200,000 called My First Botox. 
And so using this sort of like language about overcoming Mm -hmm. and acceptance, Mm -hmm. it's actually created a newer, bigger monster around our flaws and how they're unacceptable and how they must be protected because then you know the the a lot of the youtube influencers they sort of get their work done and then they they film these really sort of gritty real to life follow-ups where they're in pain and they're sort of hanging out in like tracksuits and hoodies with no makeup on and that's sort of them committing to being authentic to their audience but then also showing their audience oh this is what the recovery looks like it's a little bit sore or whatever but it's worth it. Mm. You know, people are watching that bit and going, oh, I, I, can, I can do that. Like, it's a, it's a manual. It's a blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it ends with sort of talking about some of the sort of psychological ramifications of what they call self-objectification. So you're not objecting others, objectifying others, you're objectifying yourself. And I found that bit really interesting as well. So, yeah, I thought it was really... Uh, educational yeah, yeah, that's great. article, which that you know, made me realise I don't know yeah. mm. everything, you know, and like we've been very sort of like pro, you do whatever do what you want, ever you want with your body, but I feel like maybe a message needs to go out beyond, you know, your average consumer mm. yeah. to the people who are creating the culture and just yeah. be like, just stop and take a look at what it looks like on mass to us. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I keep being, I'm getting asked a lot about the plastic surgery interview that I did right. on our video, on Beyond the Rag video. And I've re- worked out that, because people keep saying, are you, st- are you sticking with your, you're not going to have the fat sucked out of your thighs and injected <laughs> into your face? <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, you know, for now I certainly am. And But I think I'm always going to stick with it because I'm just too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't be asked going through the process of, rearranging myself for what yeah Yeah. so I'm still thinking about it but uh, yeah I I always want to say people should do what makes them happy but just think about why do you think that would make you Mm. happy Mm. we've said it before if you wouldn't do it if you're stuck on a desert desert island island by yourself yeah then why are you doing it it's such a good filter to run it through I did actually when I was going to that that unnamed clinic that told me about the acne and the secrets <laughs> when you start looking at the menu the menu of options oh yeah and I was it, it, it's crazy what it kind of does to you like yeah. I just start going I never knew any of this stuff like oh what's this yeah. like I and then I started that. looking at myself going holy shit and I looked at the woman who worked there and I was like holy shit and it's that whole thing of like instantly I'm like oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah. Myself, I don't troll. match yeah yeah <laughs> I'm a horrible troll <laughs> help me did you know that you need to have your toes waxed no I fucking didn't <laughs> shut up <laughs> I'm only just coming to terms with sunblock on my face <laughs> hello <laughs> um I would also like to recommend a book that I haven't read <laughs> But I have read about, (laughs) I've read a couple of interviews with this author and I've just been meaning to buy it, haven't got around to it. It's called How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy by Jenny O'Dell. And it just sounds like something that I feel like I really need in my life right now in terms of how much you kind of uh, give of yourself to work and the internet and the grind. Yeah. Um, And that it's very hard sometimes, particularly, I think, in our line of work, but that's becoming a more increasingly normal Mm. (laughs) place to be is online. Um, How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. 
Jenny Odell. I think not reading it is probably in keeping with the co-puffer. <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> she stitched herself up. <laughs> I will try and read that and, and report back. Yeah, um, sounds good. Kia ora of the month. Who have we got? I'm going with Jane Fonda. Oh, hi. Oh. So Jane Fonda has been inspired by Greta to get back into street activism. Uh, and uh, and she was awarded a, a BAFTA for Lifetime Achievement uh, uh, last week. And, you know, and she couldn't be at the ceremony in Los Angeles to accept the award. So what people do is they make a video that they can screen at the awards instead. And so she chose to... Um, uh, make her video, her acceptance speech, while she was being arrested <laughs> at a climate change oh, protest. So gosh. she's got the plastic um, things around her wrist that the police have just put on and she's waving them in the air and shouting across the police officers, BAFTA, thank you, I'm very honoured. <laughs> <laughs> She just can't keep out of trouble. So she's like 75 and she said that um, she got, she maybe didn't do the street activism uh, so much. She just did talky talky stuff. But now her aim is that she will go to these climate change protests every Friday and get arrested every Friday. I like the idea that it's sort of like rich people and celebrities and whatnot who are putting themselves on the line here because they can most afford to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Get arrested. Yeah. We've got money. Yep. That's and she said she wants to encourage other older baby boomers to dust off their protesting pants. Yeah, yeah. I saw she went out with Ted Danson at one stage. Yeah, they both got arrested. How crazy would it be if you were like just in the in the clink for a petty crime? And just Jane Fonda's there. <laughs> that would be cool. Or so if you're a young cop out on the beach yeah. and it's your job to yeah. go and arrest and you know, tidy up <laughs> the protest. She's just in there like passing out <gasps> smokes. Yeah. yeah. This is my 12th time in here. <laughs> what are you in for? <laughs> I'm in for the climate. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she's my Kiara Queenie for this yeah. month. Oh, that's amazing. Love Jane Fonda. Um, I would just like to give uh, just yet another shout out to the two women that spoke up. Uh, in that in that LA dimly lit room, yes. Kelly Buckman and Zoe Stuckless. When I watched those clips, I literally burst into tears. I couldn't believe how brave they were and how important that moment is. I just hope that it, it continues to resound and people keep yeah. keep um, reminding themselves that that's not okay for someone like that yeah. to be there. It's not okay for someone like that to be the president. It's it's all not okay, and it's, it's just okay. a good reminder to like be hysterical. If you are brave enough to, if you, but you don't have to be. I'm going to stop talking. I'm but stop if talking. you want to lean across the table and scream at someone, just fucking just do, have to it. do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if someone else is doing it and you support them, go stand next to them. Go stand next to them. If they're saying something that you're feeling. Yeah. 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 Kia ora queenie. Kia ora queenie. Um, I also have joint Kia ora queenie for this month. Um, Mahinga Rangi Forbes and Annabelle Lee for two really extraordinary bodies of work that have both come out this month. Uh, yes, both this month. Uh, Matangi Dea, which is a video series, a six-part video series that they produced. It's interviews with Māori politicians um, who aren't in parliament anymore um, talking about the sort of difficult times in their careers where they had to choose basically being Māori over being a politician. Super interesting corridor um, and a real insight into how sort of Māori politicians sort of pull double duty, I guess, mm. because they've got 
obligations to constituents, but then they also have obligations to iwi and hapu and whānau, which they take just as seriously. So it's really cool. Um, and then the second thing that just uh, launched on Monday um, is their new New Zealand Wars series, Stories of Waitara, which is a follow-up to last year, no, year before last, they did a series called Stories of Rua Pika Pika. Um, and this story, uh, this uh, series is about the Taranaki Wars, as told through the people of Te Awa, not crusty old historians, although there's one crusty old historian involved, Vincent O'Malley, but we all know he's on our side. Um, and that is an amazing documentary as well, which is up on the RNZ website. Yeah, and I just think really they're incredible pieces of work and Mahi and Annabelle just continue to smash it yep. and yes. learn. Go watch and listen and learn. Yeah. And, and we've made it to the end of our podcast. Thanks for sticking with us on the spooky, spooky Halloween Halloween day. A reminder to go to our Facebook page if you would like to win um, that novel Scented and uh, a lovely perfume. Mm, never given away a perfume before. Who do we think we are? Shanexo? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and if you would like to support us and support the spinoff, remember to go to www.thespinoff.co.nz slash on the rag and join members. You can sign up for as little as a dollar one off. Um, every little bit counts, as I'm sure you're aware the media's in the hell zone yeah <laughs> at the moment support us mm. doing what we do support Alex and writing more cool stories <laughs> like yes. the lonely story yeah that was great and all the other wonderful stories that Alex has written yes. support us because we give a voice to people who have been denied a platform in the New Zealand media and more importantly get your badge with your tampon and your pad on and it yeah. Cool badge. yeah that will be coming out to you all right, thank you very much, Women's Bookshop. <laughs> sorry, yeah. sorry, I'll do that again. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> do I end on a high, as in just shout? Help me! <laughs> okay. It's like a thousand times. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs>